0: next time. you can tell what come before you as these praise to remind us of the importance of a faith-based prayer. We thank you for yesterday's opportunity to clean the physical building of your sanctuary. We thank you for those who turned out the blessings of quality and taking care. Kind of you. And it reminds me of Or physical sanctuaries. And we find that in, in, in a brazen manner, the World Economic form boasts in their slogan that humankind will own nothing and be happy. They're telling us in advance that they plan to be in control, they will own our possessions, they will govern with either socialism or mar- Marxism. And we believe they manifest prominently in the tribulation period from which the church is gone, where the Christians will be raptured as we learn from the Bible, one out of 20 verses, talk about the church, what it's going to be like, the church is taken from the world. We, we see them coming in prominence the wokeness, the hot air, the fake news, the recognition of so many things that are in decline in our civilization. We find that as a fear-based world willing to submit to government overreach, whether it the coercion of vaccinations, that the globalists, the world in the last years is worth giving up many freedoms in the name of health safety. During this tribulation, the left-behind world will have to give up everything. tremendous conditioning that's gone on since March of 2020. We find the corruption in our own FBI and CIA and government, not among the lower Islam, but among the higher Islam. And our own FBI encouraged people to turn in love on them. Who might have been violating health safety. Such betrayal is, is a picture of the tribulation, the last days, the level at which the world has cooperated has been staggering, many have not submitted, but far too many out. In the ultimate loss of freedom, spiritual freedom will, will come by vaccine passports and forced vaccinations while some would say that it's only medical tyranny. They will open up the door for total tyranny. We don't know how much the Church will see of this, though we are spared from God's wrath according to Revelation 3.10. And we see an escalation of, of birth themes as creation drones. Who can watch the calamity of our natural disasters today around the world. Weather, commentators have said they're escalating with greater frequency and intensity. Imagine the world is using biblical terminology. The world is taking God out of the equation. The world suggests that the tragedy is a man-made and result of man-made climate change. When there are over 50, 50, References to prophets and statements that God is in control of the earth and the weather. And while these will, will be off the charts from the tribulations, we see a foretaste of them now in the church age, which we are participating in, particularly these years. The world is suggesting that only a, a mother may type worship and Mother Earth will, will fix these natural calamities It's many in the world worship Mother Nature more than God and they refuse to recognize him as the hand of God they are a herald of Christ soon return. We see the rise in lawlessness, even though it's non-state, and the rise of the spirit of the anti-Christ since Minneapolis, our hometown, recognized lawlessness, lawlessness. And the five miles of Minneapolis, which burned down in May of 2020, will never bounce back. But today's lawlessness doesn't have to be building being looted and burned down. We, we have utter lawlessness coming out of Washington, D.C. The White House has become recognizing the outcomes. Lawlessness will abound in the last days, Matthew chapter 24. Verse 10 reminds us, the passage in Matthew is, is really a reference to the tribulation, but all tribulation events are casting a shadow on the church age, and this one in particular. The Antichrist is called the lawless one, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 9. Whose rise to power will be in accordance with the schemes of Satan. And the root of this evil is rebellion. And we find those roots, those spirits affecting us, maybe not in possession, but in oppression. And, and we see rebellion everywhere right. we turn. Since the spring and summer of 2020, we have. Seeing the escalation of higher abolishments in many countries as these nations prepare to greet the Antichrist and his administration. We pray for this upcoming Thursday night prophecy as many churches gather and as the Revived Church Brooklyn Center, we pray as we participate in those events every other month. We see prophetic men and women of God sharing the and the news. News of an apocalyptic interpretation is the breaking daily basis to. So summarizing such events in a compact manner is very difficult. But let us try these, these events. Current year has been record, record setting so many ways, some of them ways are tragic as the Lord tries to get the world's attention. That God's patience is amazing. So God sends so many series of reminders. Pe- people are negligent. There. And we thank you, Father, that America's decline and rise of the world economic form. Many areas of unbelief, many Listeners do not think we could be the generation to see the drastic decline of America as a world leader. And it seems like we all sit back feeling that we cannot do anything other than pray. We're going to be blunt and suggest that America is not coming back. As we see the decline, we see the eminence of Christ. The world is now preparing for a global government. This advancement is, is stunning and diabolical. All efforts to advance it are cloaked in saving the world, of course, rather than uniting the world. But the organization's have to lead this effort is that World Economic Forum. Its leader, Klaus Schwab, has gathered hundreds of the global elite to carry out. Satanic driven goal of a one world government without God now has global attention thanks to the pandemic and other things. Coronavirus was a crisis they couldn't let go to wait. So was the class of America as a global leader. Revelation 13 outlines the coming one world government which will be led by the Antichrist. Many of the Christians are falling prey to the they are trying to judge the book by its cover. We pray that in these very discerning times, Lord, that you continue to lead us and guide us, for there are many signs of spring everywhere. And in the bright morning sun, the grass is green, we see the signs of spring. We ask, Lord, for your remnant, your fruit free, and pure. few would lead the way as Moses and Joshua led Israelites out of. a blessing on the remaining part of our service give us discernment as we view your word according to scripture for those who are gathering and follow along John 20 chapter 19 to 31 and if you want to receive a bulletin just let us know because we have scripture figured out a few weeks in advance we hand out that scripture to people that are I'm preparing scriptures for here for Sundays in Vans. We ask now, Lord, that you would bless the reading of your word according to John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. As you taught us all the pray singing together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you're viewing your word of scripture, let us all stand. Let us stand for the reading of God's word, John chapter 20, verses 19 to 1. Would you please stand with me? reading God's word according to John 20, chapter, verses 19 and 21. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace, peace be with you. And after he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed, then his disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I sent you. When he had said this, he breathed on him. Much is God, church, is breathed on to we worship. We feel the breath of God and breathed on him and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit.
1: If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven.
0: If you redeem the sins of any, they are Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciple told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of it, the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails with my hand in his side, I will not believe. And a week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to some Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it to my side. Do not doubt but believe. Thomas answered said, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to them, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those not seen, and yet have come to believe. And God bless the reading and hearing of his word and the purpose of this book here, includes how Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. These are written so that you may come to believe in that Jesus is the Messiah, Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Thank you. You may see
1: Sisters. The initial thing we should take from our scripture is that no door or window or anything can be locked or closed to block us from Jesus or to block Jesus from us. The disciples mind and talk to all behind a locked door or of fear of the authorities. I wonder why they were meeting. We're not directly told in the book. Perhaps it was to discuss notes of the sermon they had heard Jesus, Jesus preach. Or maybe to discuss the reason for the empty tomb. Or even together with with just to simply pray. Jesus follows a sudden appearance to them by granting them peace and falling off, showing him the woods on his hands his feet and his side. The disciples were then satisfied that had actually seen the Lord. And it was the ghost. Just as Jesus had done the Lord's Supper, he does three things with his disciples. He blessed them with peace. He blessed them with the reception of the Holy Spirit. And the third thing is he gives them the authority to forgive and retain sins under Father God's authority. The disciples that week later met again, this time when Thomas there, and they told him they had seen the Lord. Thomas replies that unless he sees the Lord himself and he will put his fingers his hand and his wounds, he will not believe. Suddenly Jesus appeared again. Peace be with you. He said peace was not to uh, lay the disciples' fear the authorities' disturbing their gathering was to emotionally prepare them for the godly commission he was about to hand over. This written from Father God was forgiving other sins, retaining the sins of others. All they do is all on behalf and the authority of Father God. Jesus replied to, to Jesus and the, the disciples, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. I really like to say, without faith, no evidence is needed. With faith, no evidence is necessary. Although most can say you all, we can occasionally point our own doubting times or circumstances well God. John on the contrary, was confident that he'd given us enough to birth not only our faith, but a new eternal life to each reader. Then, he, Jesus did many incredible things that he didn't even mention. But what I have given you is enough. Read and believe. We need to hunger for more evidence of Jesus or God would be completely unnecessary, should be completely unnecessary. All the evidence, evidence we need is contained in the pages of the Bible and it was written for us on the salvation work of Jesus Christ that he completed on the cross alone. Those words are and should be sufficient for us get us back to Father God and His children for all eternity.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you. Do not persist in your unbelief, but believe. Scripture says according to John chapter 20, verse 27. John 20, chapter 20, verse 27. Do not persist unbelief, but belief. How many times have we persisted more in unbelief than in belief? We persisted in unbelief rather than belief. How many times have we doubted because of a certain obstacle in our life? Take a minute and think of all the obstacles that you encountered in life. Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. faith sees the way doubt sees the darkest night when you have doubted you have seen the darkest night but faith sees the day and the way doubt dreads to take a step when in the midst of doubt or an obstacle doubt dreads to take a step but sore faith soars high, high of a little steps of doubt, doubt questions, doubt questions is it says who we'll believes, so who we'll follows, but faith answers I, I am, I am. I had the very fortunate experience to work with a couple world-renowned professors, Dr. Harold Hodgkinson from Mm -hmm. Harvard University and Dr. Horl Strunk from Boston University. He called me the preacher man because whenever I was working on my dissertation, I was preaching not only to the faculty, but it seemed like I was preaching to those famed individuals. Dr. Harold Hodgkinson from Harvard University and Horl Strunk from Boston University. And they helped me construct a survey which I made. many individuals. And now that I got all of your attention, the TV survey that was collaborated on my doctoral dissertation was also done by A.C. Nielsen, Nielsen Radio. And it tells us that children under the age of five watch TV and average of how many hours a week? This is under five. 24 hours a week. And the, key, the average high schooler, senior, already has experienced 15,000 hours of TV watching. Second only to the hours of what? Sleep. It's not only an adult phenomenon, but it's becoming a youth phenomenon. We've been told by physiologists, you need to maintain a sleep pattern. Otherwise, you do be up at night, being a baby schedule, going to bed at night, and getting up early in the morning. This means that 18 times or more a single hour of viewing. The TV, Generation is confronted with a call to commitment. Do you realize it? the TV is calling you to a form of commitment? Are you in denial? An enormous effort is taking place behind the TV screen, creating fake news or hot air. I used in my dissertation hot air. Hot air sings fake news with every known mind bending mind bending technique of today. The hot air of fake news is then delivered through the screen for the purpose of of making believers. What kind of believer have you become? All the influencers of your life, the subtleness or otherwise the, the bottom line of most commercials is a promise of fulfillment. To the faithful who buy their product. Fortunately, my grandchildren, my, my children, did not allow their children to look at the fake news, and the hot air news of the day. They watched Superbook and Flying House and all other Christian media. Columbia University professor Dr. Thomas Beer, who worked along with Dr. Mm Hodgkinson from Harvard University and Dr. Oral Strunk, I had a talk with him monthly. He conducted this in depth study of young TV watchers from which he concluded that the misleading or the fake news, the higher TV ads, maybe permanently distorting children's minds, permanently distorting children's views of morality, sensuality, society, and business. They become ready to believe that, like advertising, business and other adult institutions are are riddled, riddled with hypocrisy. And when of was very delightful, morality poems for children, Theodore Kessel or Dr. Seuss. If you haven't read those books, you're probably aware of Dr. Seuss. He says, "You may swallow down what's solid, but you must spit out the hot air, the fake news, and many people that don't spend the extra few dollars." You get Fox News or Newsmax. The problem today is that the hot air or the fake news is going down faster than it can be spit out, making it increasingly difficult <laughs> to swallow swallow the solid food Jesus said it and the word God says it. It can't take you much farther because you get stuck up on the Unliquid food, the living translation says. The melt of the word rather than the solid of the word. And so Jesus says, I, I prayed for an understanding for the, the Holy Spirit, wisdom books. If you've ever been challenged to read the Apocrypha or other books outside the Bible, the wisdom books, And so the author says, I prayed and and, a sense of understanding was given me. I pleaded and the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of God came to me in wisdom. Chapter 7-7. These lines from the book of wisdom were written by a devout Jew in the middle of the first century B.C. Letters even before recorded biblical New Testament books. The faith of his fellow Jews was being shaken even in that day, and even overwhelmed by the attractions of the glittering Alexandrian culture and the Roman culture, which has the longest survival rate. An entire people were being drained of their traditional sense of life's meaning and purpose, rooted in the centuries of, of spiritual development. It was spiritual development. The Moses Long. If you doubt me, read the Old Testament, you find the many failures of even the wisdom writers of David and Solomon, who were corrupted by the, the many concubines and the many wives. They served as a tolerated the worship of Baal and Moloch, customs and the times of their neighbors, their wives. An entire people was being drained of their traditional belief and their sense of life's meaning and purpose, rooted in this century of spiritual development and the the Ten Commandments, and, and preserved largely through the religious institutions. You find in our day and age. Not only the institutions of the New Testament, but the institutions of many denominations are being affected, and the profiles and the disciplines are being changed. Rather than the Christianity going into the culture, the culture is coming into Christianity. Solid, time honored principles, values, and moral standards and priorities, and above all, a deep awareness of the divine presence. Divine presence. We're being shunted aside by by hot air and fake news, promises of fulfillment, uses the urine, you know, attract all kinds of great people. And through this empty din of hot air and fake news, there begins to emerge the anguish cries. Nothing to hold on to basically our social psychologists and ministers of the day that you try to reach not only the adult population but the youth population, and they have this sense of bearing in their life that nothing is there anymore to hold on to. Nothing to hold on to anymore, nothing to, to rely upon anymore, nothing to believe in anymore. Nothing you'll hand down to our children and our, our grandchildren anymore. They will look at the Bible and say, "I know the Bible." And they're judging them. Does any of that sound familiar? For the children's sake, clearly, clearly, it's time to turn off the hot air, the fake news they've been swallowing. Sound familiar? It's time to turn them on to something solid. No price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. And and in order to love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love your neighbor as yourself, you need to love yourself so you reach out and love others. No price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning, owning yourself, and buying too many people are owned by TV and all kinds of news and deceptions that take them away physically and spiritually and psychologically from. From Christ. No price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself," said Rud- Rudyard Kipling. Dr. Kipling, Rudyard Kipling gave some solid advice. But to learn how how to own ourselves, children must learn how to know themselves. In order to own yourself, you need to know yourself. Help them to know themselves as children and grandchildren of a gracious God who has esteemed them for fulfillment in this life of love. Help them to discover the love of God that is in them by showing them the love of God that is in you. And if this means, and I think it does, Sustainability, less of TV time, and more substantially, more of your time. Remember Kipling's solid advice: no price is too high to pay. In today's gospel lesson, the risen Christ confronts the Apostle Thomas. We've dealt with this scripture a number of times in the years I've been here number of times in the last few weeks. It's often referred to as a doubting Thomas, but can you correlate the experiences that many people are going through with the crisis of faith and the times that we live in? Not unlike today's victims of this hot air, hot air barrage and fake news, Thomas was finding it difficult to swallow, so, swallow this solid news. Thomas was unable to accept and saw the solid fact of testimony of his fellow apostles. Those intimates that they walked with and talked with and slept near for some three years. Those fellow apostles that Jesus was, that Jesus had arisen and they appeared into them. We have no psychological studies to consult on an appointment, but with a little imagination we can assume. And sometimes, to, to break that word assumed down into A-S-S, you and me. We can assume that Thomas had been victimized by this fake news, his hot air of his time, to the point where he became very cynical, he became very skeptical, he became very doubting, he became very unbelieving, and he became like you and I. We have seen the Lord! We have seen the Lord! The other disciples kept telling Thomas, but his answer was, I will never believe it without probing the nail prints in his hands, without putting my fingers in the mark of his nails and, and hand into his side. But when Jesus appeared again to the disciples, Thomas was present, and Jesus said to Thomas, take your finger and examine my hands and put your hand in my side. Do not persist in your unbelief. But believe, John chapter 20, 27. Do not persist. Do not persist in your unbelief. But believe. What our children need now is and ourselves we need an underexposure to this tribe, this whole cold trial culture of commercial exploitation and binance and overextory the community of faith. Out of the life experiences of a, a man of science comes this marvelous lesson of faith. There is a certain bridge, picture yourself. There is a certain bridge that's still in existence in South America. It can consist of interlocking vines supporting precarious leaning platform hundreds of feet above the river. I know the bridge. The bridge has supported hundreds of people over many years. And as you stand at the edge of the chasm, you can see perfectly, and you can see people confidently crossing the bridge back and forth. The engineer in me wants to weigh all the factors, measure the stress, the tolerances of the vines, test the wood for termites, survey all the bridges in the area for one that might be stronger. We could spend a lifetime determining whether the bridge is fully trustworthy. But eventually, if we really want to cross, we must take a step. Then we put our weight on that bridge and we walk across, even though our hearts are pounding and our knees are shaking, we're making a statement, we're declaring, declaring our position. In the Christian world, I sometimes must live like this, making choices which contain inherently uncertain Uncertainty. If I, I wait for all evidence to be in, everything to be settled, I, I'll never move. Often I have had to act on the basis of the bones, the very bones of the Christian faith. Before those bones were fully formed in me, and before I understood the reason for their existence. Bone is hard, but it is alive. If the bones of faith do not continue to grow, they will soon become dead skeletons. Father, this morning, As we bow in prayer for the future existence of our faith and our denomination, the Apostle Thomas Thomas had been meticulously prepared for a life that makes a difference because we all want to make a difference. And Thomas wanted to make a difference by the greatest teacher who ever led Jesus Christ. But he wasn't ready for it even after Jesus' resurrection. He had seen Jesus' example for some three years. He had exemplified a life of godliness. He was one of Jesus' closest associates. And still he wasn't ready because he had heard so much of the hot air, the fake news, and the doubts. And one thing was required, the faith response. The faith response. For Thomas, nothing had changed. Nothing made a difference until he could say with deep conviction and any life situation, my Lord, my Lord, my God. There's a beautiful allegory in which knowledge is depicted as a strong handsome knight making the way over the great tableland land of the earth. And with each step, the knight tests and makes certain of the ground beneath his feet. Beside him and just above the ground moves the, the white-winged angel faith. And side by side they go until they come to the verge of a vast precipice. And here the pair stops suddenly, and knowledge, knowledge can go no further. But the white-winged angel faith rises majestically from the ground and moves on across the chasm, leaving knowledge your companion behind. Father, this morning with every head bowed in your eye, close to goes by way of television, and we all pray this closing prayer. Dear Jesus, help me to operate by faith. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive my sins, O Lord. Come into my heart and life. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, the ashes will come forward for upon you for your tithes and offerings and Messages dependent on the time of our service to try to bring it forth in the completion. Would you join me in the offertory prayer for the blessings of this and all our days? We thank you, gracious God. except we pray, for not just this money but also our lives truly offered in gratitude for all you have done for us. You symbol in this place wherever you might take us. O oh, Jesus, I promise, for number 396, is yes, four, it's Verses one and four.